Sifis, Chelek Yudbeis, Parshas Achrei Mois, Rashi B'Pirushay Al Apsukim, Dabu B'nei Yisrael V'Marte Elhem, Ani Hashem Lekechem, Kemais Ha'eretz Nisram Ashei Shachtam Elei Sa'asu V'Gemer. So on the Pasuk, speak to the B'nei Yisrael, and you should say to them, I am Hashem your God, like the deeds of Eretz Nisram, which you have lived in, you shall not do. And the Pasukim continue with the Parsha Arayas, all the different forbidden relationships that a Yid is not allowed to have. So Rashi's Matik Zatevives Ani Hashem Lekechem Pasha. Rashi quotes the words Ani Hashem Lekechem. The issue that Rashi has is, what is it, what's the Pasuk telling us that I need Hashem Lekechem? We know who Hashem is. So speak to the, it should have just said, speak to the Bnei Yisrael and tell them, like the deeds of Eretz Mitzrayim Yishnatu, etc., etc., why does he need to have the Sagdama that Ani Hashem Lekechem? The Yidin at that point in time already knew who Hashem was. So Rashi gives two pshatim. The first pshat he gives is, he says that he was actually, he was, he, by comparing, Rashi compares the words Ani Hashem Lekechem to the words that Hashem said by Har Sinai, Hashem Lekechem. So just like when it says Ani Hashem Lekechem, by the Aser Sadibur, so it was a command. Also over here, when it says Ani Hashem Lekechem, it's actually a command. And the command was, accept upon yourself the gezeros that I am placing upon you. I am he that said, at Har Sinai, I am Hashem your God. And you accepted upon your, my malchus. So now I'm giving you the command to accept upon yourself my gezeros. Shot number two. It was known and revealed in front of Hashem that eventually they would tear themselves away from the commandment uh, of Arias in the days of Ezra. Because in that time they were marrying non-Jewish women. Therefore Hashem comes right at the beginning and tells them with the Gezer Ani Hashem, with the emphasis, saying at the beginning of the words that I am Hashem your God, when I'm going to give you this Gezer of Arias, know who is giving you the Gezer the Gezer is coming from Ani Hashem Lekechem, who is a dainly para v'nel m'shal m'schar, that Hashem is trustworthy to pay back, to give punishment, and also He is trustworthy to give, to pay uh, reward. So Habir Pashab Pirish Rashi, the Pashab Shan and Rashi is like this. So Rashi's issue is, he doesn't understand why does it say, What's the Chiddush in those words? Hashem is the one that took the Yid and Adam Mitzrayim, he gave him the Torah, we know who he is. So therefore, Rather, Rashi says, this wasn't said as its own Indian, rather it was said as a Haktama to that which is written on its own. The first pshat. Since you already accepted my malchus and matan taira, therefore, therefore it's upon you to accept the gezeris which I'm going to tell you later on. So therefore, Ani Hashem is the obligation he's telling me. You have to accept these gezeris because you already accepted my malchus. A second shot Rashi is saying is that since Hashem knew that they were going to tear themselves away with Arias, therefore he had to come with the Gzera, with emphasize with the words, basically because of the stringency and the hard, um, the very harsh ability to be able to um, keep these Gzeras, therefore he has to use the words Ani Hashem. So we need we have a few quite a few questions. Rebbe is going to ask seven 
Actually, eight questions. First of all, the Tchilus Parshas Ve'era, Alapasik Vidabra Lakima Moshe Vimer Love, Ani Hashem, Shigam Boyish Lahachik Sanal Mahidush Boim Hashem. He says at the beginning of Parshas Ve'era, it also uses very similar words. It says, Ani Hashem over there, where it was talking about when Moshe Rabbeinu said, Lamar Ois Lamazah, why are we so evil to the, this nation? So at the beginning of Parshas Ve'era, Hashem replies to them, Ani Hashem, I am Hashem, I am trustworthy. Um, well, we'll see. He says, he, Hashem is trustworthy to give reward to those who go in his ways. Meaning that you can trust Hashem that he will give reward to those who are deserving. And Rashi continues that this expression, and Hashem, and its meaning is that Hashem will give reward or punishment. We see that darshed in many, many places. So it's understood from that previous Rashi that you could explain the same thing in our Rashi. That when it says Ani Hashem, what the Pasuk is telling you that regarding these arayas that we're going to be mentioning in the next few Psukim, you should know that I will give reward and punishment for them. And that's always with Rashi, when he gives a taich, you know, you could use that taich in other places. But this is even more so, because Rashi himself emphasizes that this is the pshat in Ani Hashem many times when we see it in the Torah. So therefore, right when we see these words, we automatically should have assumed that it means it's a reward and punishment. But nonetheless, So first of all, Rashi is again medayik. Uh, a second time, even though we already know this word, we could have relied on that prior Rashi. So what is, why does Rashi have to stress? Meaning is if Rashi is mentioning Adik and what the Pshad of Ani Hashem is, it must be that there's other ways of learning it, and therefore we need to understand the ways that Rashi chose, why did he learn in those particular ways? And the main question is he doesn't even explain it the same way as he explained it in Parshat Ve'era. The first Pshad that Rashi gave over here is completely different. And even the second shot, which he quotes in the name of Rebbe, which is similar, but it's not exactly the same. Because over here he gives an Hakdama. He says that it's since it's known, it's, it's, he gives a thing. It's like, since we know that eventually they're going to tear themselves away with Arias, therefore Hashem needs to emphasize with the words of Ni Hashem. That's not the regular shot that Rashi gives. Rashi just says is, you should know that there's going to be reward and punishment. But over here Rashi is giving a whole Hakdama, that you should know that it, it's only reason why we're saying Ani Hashem is because... We know that uh, that they're going to um, be nichshal in this particular avera. Why don't you just keep it pashit? You get reward and punishment. That's it. Like it's always darshaning. What, what's with the hagdama that he has to give over here? Base. Mahu inyim The first answer we gave was that since he's using those words to say, just like you accepted my malchus. But the, when I said Ani Hashem Lekeichem, now I'm saying Ani Hashem Lekeichem, that means you should also accept my Xeris. He says, when you accept Hashem's Malchus, doesn't that automatically include fulfilling what Hashem's commandments are? What does it mean? I'm accepting you as king, but I'm not going to listen to you? It doesn't make sense. He says, the whole teichin of Kabbalah's Malchus is to, to do the mitzvahs that the king commands you. And even those words that Rashi brings from the Seres HaDibris, what does Rashi explain by the Seres HaDibris? He says, I am Hashem your God. 
So because I took you out of Mitzrayim, therefore you have to be mushubadimli. You have to be servants to me. You have to be subjugated to me. Meaning that Rashi explains on the words, which means, on those words itself, Rashi says, what does it mean? It means that you're going to be Meshubed me. You have to do the Torah Mitzvahs. So Kamucha Gam Pirsh Rash Lefneza, Lefishish Parsis Paturch, and the Sum Adam Kabal Sakhar, Fiim Lab Inimakaba Pranias, Yachal Afasir Sidibriske and Tamaloy Mirbahulu. And also Rashi said that in the prior Pasik. Rashi says over there that since there's many parshas in the Torah that a person it, if he does them he gets schar, if he doesn't do it, he won't get punishment, meaning is it's optional. So you would think maybe by the Sarasadibris it's also optional. You're able to do the Sarasadibris, so you don't want to do the Sarasadibris. So that, that you have to do it. Once you accept my malchus, you have to do all the mitzvahs that I'm commanding you. So But over here, Rashi is dividing between the two. He says, what did you do by Har Sinai? That was just Kabbalah Samalchus. And over here, I'm telling you to accept my gzeris. It, it, how, why, why, what's the logic in separating between these two ideas? They come together. He says, if the Kabbalah Samachus is takit, it's one thing. And then there's an union of Kabbalah Mitzvahs, right? two different in concepts. So, shouldn't we have had the Kabbalah Samitzvahs much earlier? Right before Hashem gave the first commandment, he should have said, oh, by the way, you have to accept my, my, my mitzvahs. Meaning as we had by Martin Torah only the Kabbalahs, the, the Malchus of Hashem. So right after Martin Torah went after when they started getting all the mitzvahs, by the first mitzvah they got, they should have said, okay, Yidin, you have to accept all my gzeris because you accepted me as king. And then they would accept all the gzeris that Hashem would give, and then we would get all the mitzvahs. But why are we waiting all the way to Parshas Achrei Mais to start to have Kabbalahs mitzvahs? You know, it's a, it's a maman of shach, really. Two and three are really one question. Dalad. Mahu diik lashon Rashi, ma'ata kibuk l'zaraisai, v'loi mitzvaysa k'yetzi b'dekaragol pirsh Rashi b'yei from k'yemis. Also Rashi is a diik. Why does Rashi use the word g'zaraisai? Not mitzvaysai. L'chayar mitzvaysai is the more common expression that Rashi uses. Hey. Uh, so basically, questions Beis, Gimel, Dalet are on the first pshat on Rashi. So question one is Be'ikr on the first um, explanation that Rashi gave, but really it could be explained for both. Question two, three, and four are just on the first pshat that Rashi gives. Question hey is Medubar Kama Pamish Nakesha Rashi Mefarish Beish Purushim Ayeser Beinyan Achad Arzai Chalchas Shulchol Achami Purushim Yesh Eze Kushi Sheeni Vehasheni Chay Maybe Shneim. He says, we explained many times that when Rashi brings two or more pshatim, it's because each one has an issue which the second pshat will resolve. So we Rashi gives two purushim over here and they both seem to fit very well with pshutei shamikra. So in other words, what's the questions with each pshat that, that Rashi had to bring both? Vav came a dubur kama pamin shabachlal in Rashi be perushe masker shame bal hamember shall the perisha muva. The time of Pasha ain't zelugut lem negea lepshutisha mikra. Another rule that we have is that Rashi does not bring the name of the bal hamember. 
And the reasoning is because it's not really relevant who said it to the pshat of the pasuk. If it's a good pshat, put it in. Why do you have to say who said the pshat? So when Rashi does bring a name, it's because that adds explanation in the pasuk. So we need to understand when Rashi brings the for the second shot that Rashi brings, he quotes in the name of Rebbe. What does that add in our understanding of this second shot? Zayin. The second question the Rebbe has on the second Purush of Rashi, the word lenatik, it's a diak. Lenatik means to tear away. Why the usual expression we do by Averis is to, to stumble or to, to transgress, Why does he use this expression of to tear away? Um, which is not the, by Arias. Why does he use that? And it's the question, Ches. Um, he says, Purusha Sharashi, Makaira Batiris Kainim Alapasak. Avasham Mavar, Mechem et Sinus Nitku by Arias, Shanam or Yishma Meshas Ambech and the Mishpachaisav. Mechem Rashi's source is Taris Kainim. But over there, it, it gives another source. It also gives the sources, uh, it gives another. Um, a time when the Bnei Yisrael ripped themselves away with Arayas. It tells when Moshe Rabbeinu told the Yidin, the Parsha of the Arayas, it says that they went to cry with their families. And Rashi explains all that they cried about this, these forbidden relationships that they weren't allowed to have anymore. And And uh, the second one that the Torah's Kainim brings us from Malachi, where it says, this is the second thing that you have done that you have covered with tears. Meaning is that um, they did the aver of getting married to the non-Jewish woman. So Malachi in the Gemara says is Ezra. Right? So that's the one that Rashi does bring. Rashi says it from the days of Ezra. Ezra and Malachi are the same individual, two different names for the same person. So this second shot, the second time in the Yidin where Lenatik by Rice that the Torah's Kainim bring, that's the one that Rashi chooses. So the Shaila is, why does Rashi only bring the one from Malachi slash Ezra, and he doesn't bring the time when they were Nikshal by the times of Moshe Rabbeinu. B'yoyser Yiksha, Shirashi Atzmei Mefarash al-Pasik Bach al-Mishpachaisav, Rabbiseinu Amr al-Mishpachaisav al-Iski Mishpachaisav al-Rayisa Neser Slaham. And the question's even stronger, because Rashi himself explains the Pasik and Parshas Ba'aleischa of Beichon Mishpachaisav that they were crying literally about the Arayas that became Asr to them. So Rashi himself explains the Pasik that. So it's not like Rashi has a different shot in that Pasik Shutei Mikra. We know for sure, even according to Rashi, that's shot of the Pasik that had to do with the Arayas. So why wouldn't Rashi quote it? Why would he leave it? V'shavik Rashi had dugma mash'ir ba'is hador as man ha'karv le'mir sa'parsha. Maybe shayt sa'ifan le'natik ba'arayis le'me'ezra ka'elav shanam la'achrzeh. And what does Rashi do? So he leaves the, 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 the time when they were menatik ba'arayis, which happened in their generation, very close and, you know, re- very relevant to them. And it says, he gives them an example what's going to happen many, many uh, centuries later. Why would he leave that why would he not mention the one that's more relevant to them? That makes a lot more sense. So base. Habir calls that. So this is the Pshat. In, in, in we basically we have to understand what was bothering Rashi. And once we understand what was bothering Rashi, we see why he had to have these Purushim and Duke in the in these Pshat 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 Pshutim. Purushim. 
So even though Rashi already explained that Ani Hashem means that he will give reward and punishment, nonetheless, Rashi has to explain it over here differently. Because our situation is different. Beautiful idea. He says, you have to look at how the words Ani Hashem are usually used. So if you look at all the places that Rashi, where, where the words Ani Hashem is, it's always at the end of the command. Hashem gives the Bnei Yisrael a command, and at the end of it, he says, Ani Hashem. Right? You're going to get, there's reward and punishment for that which I just said. I mean, similarly, Similarly, even in Parshas Ve'era, which wasn't by command, it was an explanation of Lomar Asa, Moshe Abreinu asked the question, so Hashem replies to him, Hashem says back to him, that Rashi explains that when it says it's not a new dibur, a new conversation. Rather, Hashem was answering Moshe's question when it says which was really part of the last parsha. So Hashem answers to him because he says Moshe Rabbeinu, you and you spoke very severe. Hashem spoke to him with severity because he asked very harshly, "Why did you do bad to this people?" He says to him, why are you questioning? Why are you thinking after my attributes? I am trustworthy to give schar to those who go in front of me. Then he says, tell the Bnei Yisrael, I'm Hashem. So what does it mean? What are you supposed to tell the Bnei Yisrael? You're supposed to tell the Bnei Yisrael that I'm trustworthy. Trust me that when I'm telling you that you're going to get a reward and you're going to be taken out of Mitzrayim, that's going to happen. Meaning is that Rashi stressing that when Hashem says and Hashem, it's not a new pshat, it's not a new um, idea coming. Rather, it's the end of that which was discussing earlier. The Moshe Rabbeinu had questions against Hashem, so Hashem is giving him the answer about the trustworthiness of Hashem that he does give reward and punishment. But the point is, we see that the words on the Hashem is always mentioned at the end. It's either mentioned at the end of a command, Hashem gives them a thing, and then you're going to get reward or punishment. Or we have a question about Hashem's attributes. So Hashem says on the Hashem at the end, that's the answer. But it's always at the end. But over here, it's much different. Over here, it's at the beginning. Nothing happened yet. It's the beginning of the words. So when you mention something at the beginning, it always seems like you're introducing who you are. Like, I am Hashem, and I'm about to tell you something. But that can't be pshat, because we already know who Hashem is. So therefore, Rashi has to come up with a different explanation over here. Rashi 
So he says, over here, it says at the beginning. Therefore, it's impossible to say that this is as a warning or stressing that Hashem, you can trust Hashem to give reward or punishment. So, what's the point of the Pasik telling them? It's not to give them a warning, it's not to warn them or to stress that Hashem's giving reward and punishment because you would have first given the command and then at the end of it, you would tell them, This is really important, this command, because you're going to get reward or punishment based on it. But over here, it's right at the beginning. So, why? That's good. Therefore, Rashi has two answers. Akar, so Akar answer number one. Zarch leimersh ani Hashem leinemer kam tur haschala lepsukim shalacher za el shetziv v'inim mifneat. Therefore, we need to say that ani Hashem is not coming as uh, at the beginning, right? It's at uh, the beginning uh, as uh, for for the psukim, which are going to come after that. Rather, according to the first shot, it's its own command. Rather, this word itself is its own command. Therefore, Rashi gives us first shot that you're right, Ani Hashem is not coming to introduce the parsha and telling the, to stress a warning. Rather, no, no, no. What it's coming to do is, it's to tell them. That just like you accepted my malchus by ser sedibris, similarly now you have to accept my gzeris. I'm the moving. So we know when it says ani Hashem lekechem, it can't be exactly the same usage as what we had by Har Sinai. Rather, because you already accepted Hashem malchus, rather it has to be something which is similar to how it was at Har Sinai, but not exactly the same thing. So just another. This is what Rashi's doing. Rashi is basically saying that we see that the word Zani Hashem is basically used in two types of, of situations. Situation one, which is the more common one, is regarding reward and punishment. But Rashi knows it cannot mean that over here. So what is the Pshan Ani Hashem? So Rashi finds another place in the Torah where it says Ani Hashem. It says it by the, uh, by the Aser Sedibris. And by Aser Sedibris, it was said as a command on its own. So Rashi says also over here it's a command on its own. And what's the command? It can't be a command to accept Hashem's malchus, because that we already did. Rather, it's a command to accept Hashem's gzeris. The second thing is, we can't even be that you're accepting a Kabbalah for doing Hashem's commands, generally speaking. Because we already, once you accept Hashem's malchus, as we explained in question number two, that automatically means you're going to also do what Hashem commands. So what is the Kabbalists for? The Kabbalists are for something very specific, which wasn't included in the general Kabbalists and mitzvahs which happened by Matan Torah. This was the idea of Gzeris. Gzeris was not included, as we shall see, see why. Rather, as we said, this is a new command which was not in the initial acceptance of the mitzvah so he says, from this, that the parsha, the psukim afterwards, are going to be talking about a rayas. And we know a rayas, as the Rebbe will explain, is an inyan of a gezerah. So therefore, it's understood from the connect, from this, that it's the introduction to this, this, that it's 
right next on introduction, as we've said, but rather it's put next to, it's juxtaposed to that, these psukim that are kind of afterwards, it's just like these psukim are talking about there. so it makes sense that the plus pasuk, which is mentioned prior to them, is accepting the union of Gezeris uh, upon themselves. So this is a tremendous chiddush. Listen to this. He says, when we accepted the Malchus, which included Kabbalah's mitzvah, what would have been included in that? It's only included mitzvahs which are either logical, right? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing you as my king, and therefore I will follow all the rules that make sense. And also, I'll even follow rules that don't make sense, but as long as they don't contradict logic. Meaning is, you know, eating, let's say, uh, eating basar v'chalav. So, does it make sense to eat it? No. Does it make sense not to eat it? No. So, it's, it's, it's very neutral. Like, I wouldn't have done it, Hashem didn't command me to do it, but once Hashem commands it, like, why? okay, fine, so I won't do it. But then there's a certain type of mitzvah that Hashem's telling us to do that goes against logic. For example, as we're, Akedah Yitzchak. Hashem tells Avram Avinu, I'm going to make your children, you're going to have many children, like the stars of the heaven, and then he tells him to kill his only child. It, it, that's a mitzvah which goes against the grain of logic. So I would think that when I accepted Hashem's malchus, it was only for things which were logical, which, you know, let's say, are a continuation of Hashem's malchus. Therefore, before Hashem gives them the command of Arias, which are in a gather of Xera, as we said, it's against logic, it contradicts logic of Kedusha, therefore he needs to give him another Kabbalah. He needs to say, you have to also accept upon yourself the idea of uh, the idea of gzeris And once they accept the idea that they even do the gzeris of Hashem, then he will go and give them the inyan of arise. Gimel, but tam that sivel arise nika gzeris. So why are arise called a gzeris? He says a davar moving who shbenigea linesuyan mailas hayuchsin tayfasas makin chashu veikri prat b'shuhu leshtadech ubayeches naila. He says, we know by marriage, yichus, uh, lineage, is something very, very important. Especially when it comes, um, especially when the person who has, coming to be, who has the shidduch, it also comes from a very uh, great lineage. So, we even have example in the Torah. The Torah is Ma'irich about the Yichus of Aaron's wife, that she was Alishava, the daughter of Aminada, the sister of Nachshon. Why does he give all these details? It's to tell you the importance of Yichus. And Rashi even says, from here we learn that when you marry a woman, you're supposed to check. Uh, and investigate regarding her brothers because your sons 
will have similar characteristics to the brothers of the Kala. So Yichos is very important because the Midas and other characteristics will be dependent on that. Similarly, we find about Avram Rabin, who sent Eliezer Dafka to his homeland, where he came from. Why? Because the people, because they were Miyuchas, they had good lineage, they came from Avram Avinu's family, therefore they had much greater, better Midas. Masha'inkin, the daughters of Canaan, that came from the lineage of Canaan, did not have good Midas. So we see it's very important Yichus. So the fizza that what's the best shidduch to have your family because then you would have the same uh, you guys have the same yichus so therefore the attributes of the chas and the kala will fit very well together. if it's in two totally different families, there would be the 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 background wouldn't be as similar and it'd be harder for them to get along and. Uh, also regarding raising children. If the, the more different the parents are, the more contradictions and um, tension there will be in the raising of the children. And the main reasoning is like this. He says, He says another Indian is, it says in the Torah, by Avram Avinu, that they're supposed to leave their parents, and they, by um, Adam Rish, I'm sorry, you're supposed to leave your parents and you're supposed to become into one flesh. And Rashi explains you come into one flesh by getting married and having a child. So it's understood that what the more, the closer you are in your relationship, the closer your genes are, the, more, the closer is the ability to become one. But what do we find by Arias? That it's Dafka the opposite. Even though logically, the closer you are with your family relationships would make more sense, Alpi Kedusha. But nonetheless, we're saying, Dafka, your family, you're not allowed to be, uh, become close with. You're not allowed to marry. Another Indian. Another Indian. So he says, we, we also find that when Hashem created the world, the Kim Ha'ilam was dafkin the way that the children of other Mishnah had to marry their, their sisters. We know um, Kai and Havel, they had to marry their sisters. We also know that the Shvatan married the sisters. Yaakov Vinu didn't married. Married sisters, okay? And we know Amram married his aunt, and they gave birth to Miriam, Aaron, and Moshe. So we see that when the, the, the world was first of all created with this type of relationship. Second of all, we see that Yaakov and we see Moshe, we see they are all, their children who are, who are perfect um, also came from that type of relationship. So al we see it's tr- tr- true and tested that when you have relationships with Closer family members, the children come out um, with a higher quality. So, therefore, it makes sense for them to be married. So, Hariwal Derek Pierce Rashi, Binyan Hakeda, Etmal Amarti Liki, Bitschaki, Karla Chazara, Chazarteva Amarta, Tachnas, Bencha Achshavata, Emily, Altish, Riot Halanar, Lachem Batsiv Miuchat, Al Kabals, Axers Bachalos, Achach Bahatsival Axer Hapratis Al Harais. We see a similar idea by Avram. That when, that when by the Akedah, 
you thought, yesterday you told me Yitzchak will be for your children. And then you said you should check them. And now you're saying don't touch the nar. So the idea being is that it's contradictions within the mitzvah that Hashem is giving. And that's what, what the problem was. Meaning is in Kedush itself, it doesn't seem like it makes sense. Therefore, there needs to be another command specifically for the gzeres. And maybe just to add a point just to give more, possibly uh, uh, more explanation, is that when a person, meaning is why would it be that when we accepted the malchus of Hashem, it wouldn't be automatically all commands, even commands that make sense, commands that don't make sense, even commands that are against logic. Why wouldn't everything automatically be, be included when you accept Hashem's malchus? So possibly, uh, to give an, an idea for this would be, is that when you accept Hashem as a king, there could be you know, one of two reasons, or maybe even both reasons. One reason would be, you want Hashem as your king because you understand, that it makes sense that Hashem should be king. So therefore you would accept his malchus. Fine, but those would only include kazeris, which makes sense also to you. A deeper level of accepting Hashem's malchus is that you understand you're accepting Hashem's malchus because you, 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 you appreciate the dream of the king. You appreciate that the king knows best and he has a plan and therefore you want to fulfill the plan. So even though there might be many different aspects that you might not understand, still you'll do it. You do understand why shotness is important. But you're assuming the king has a plan, and I committed myself to that plan because I trust him, and therefore I'll do even those exeris. But when there's things that contra- when there's contradictions within the plan itself, like by Yitzchak, he says, we, we, Hashem wanted Avram to have children to spread the word of Hashem. And then you tell him to shecht Yitzchak, it seems very contradictory. Therefore, I would think such a thing which is contradictory, which is go, doesn't show any benefit to me, doesn't show any benefit even Mitzan the king, that wouldn't have been included within the plan. I only accepted upon myself a king in order to, for my benefit or to fulfill the dream of the king. But this isn't the dream of the king. Uh, it seems something which is totally uh, extraneous. But nonetheless, we're saying is that even that, we have a special command that, that the king is telling us, accept the Xerus too. Even except the Xeris, they're also part of the uh, divine plan. Dalit. Amnam, ain't per se muchver gamri. Aleph. Avshirak, achshav, hischil, litzavoisam al Xeris, lechain loyo yehecher, she kablus Xeris, alatsman. Become alkam a pasta so you massam yemish be ace, sibosai, alkabos makusa, mitzvoisa, bachlan, saval, kol, suge mitzvis, gam Xeris. He says, the problems that the Rashi had with this chat. Problem number one. He says, even though the first Gezerah that he's giving them is a rias, But still, why... Therefore, since this is the first Gezerah, there wasn't any Hachrich that they needed to also accept upon themselves because they never had a Gezerah. So therefore, it was a necessity. But the question is, when Hashem made them a Makabal Zayn His Malchus, a Makabal Zayn Mitzvah, why not just at that same time when they're Makabal Zayn Torah, Makabal Zayn Mitzvah, they're also Makabal Zayn Gzeris? Why are you giving it two different Zmanim? Why by Matan Torah are we going to say, okay, I'm just going to give them, make them Makabal the Mitzvahs? Oh, Gzeris, I'm going to wait for a later period when it actually becomes relevant. When I give them the first Gzeris and it becomes relevant that they accept the Gzeris, then I will make, then I'll give them the command that they have to accept the Gzeris. Why? Well, what would be the reason? Why wait? Base. Hagam lefnei matan Torah, 
Second question is, even before Matan Torah, there was an union of Arayas. Uh, Arayas for Kroivis, the very, very close relatives. Uh, sisters and marrying aunts, that was permitted. But there were certain relatives that one was not allowed to get married to. So we see that this idea of a Gezerah even applied before Matan Torah. And when we know when the Yidin accepted all the mitzvahs by Matan Torah, they also accepted upon themselves um, the mitzvahs that they had earlier. Right? The mitzvahs of Matan Torah were just adding on the mitzvahs that they had. So by Matan Torah, they accepted everything they had earlier, plus everything they were going to get right at that moment. So L'Chairah, they also accepted the Gezeris of Arayas, at least some of the Arayas that they had until that point of time. So it seems like it's a little contradictory. They, it, they did have a certain acceptance of Gezeris even early, even by Matan Torah. So why would there be this uh, differentiation and say that they only accepted, you know, the Gezeris that were, by, that were before Matan Torah? Fine, we'll accept whatever they had earlier. That, whatever, whatever was earlier, we'll accept upon ourselves because Hashem's giving us the Torah and we'll accept everything upon ourselves. But any new type of Gezeris, oh, well, that we're not accepting it. That they needed to have a sivim miyuchin much later on. Why? Lachein mefarsh Rashi pirusheni. Therefore, Rashi gives another pshat. Shani abaylekechem has the hakdama leparsha ba'achareha upirushayhu kumayshu nidrash bekam mukaymesani Hashem. Therefore, Rashi gives a second one, and this second pshat is tak a hakdama to that which is written afterwards, and the pshat will be the same as it is in other places. Meaning is, it has to do with the idea of schar einish. Aye, so we had a shayla. If it's for Scharvainish, then it should have been at the end of the commandment, just like it's always at the end of the commandment. Therefore, Rashi has to give the Saddam and tell us it's because of the Achimer, the, the, the great severity of this command, that, that Hashem knows that eventually they're going to uh, tear themselves away through Arias. Therefore, at the beginning, to stress and to emphasize how strict and how careful you need to be with the union of Arias, therefore it says, Ani Hashem, at the beginning. So, why do we have this special warning that we emphasize the union of the punishment and the word right at the beginning, even before the mitzvah is given? So, this is He says, because Rashi explains, but answers that by using the word lenatic to tear away. Meaning is by Arayas, it's possible to have this union of Arayas. And not only is it possible, Hashem knew there would be this tearing away between the Yidin and Hashem um, eventually. So he says, lenatic purushay litlorish lahafri, means to pull, uh, to, to rip out, lahafri, and to separate. So we hear what it means is, it means they're separating themselves from Hashem when they do the Indian of Arayas. Just to point out a little, like a little Kiddush of the Rebbe over here, you might not have realized, but when it says in Rashi, it's not so clear. When he says you're tearing yourself away through Arayas, it doesn't say what you're tearing yourself away. So I saw many of the translations, how they want to teach it is, that you're tearing yourself away from the, mitzv- the, from the commandment of Arayas. 
But over here, what the Rebbe is learning it is, that's not that you're tearing yourself away from the commandment that Hashem gave you. Rather, it means that you're tearing yourself away from Hashem. As, as explained in Ezra, the great nituk that happened at that period of time. He says, Rambam explains that someone who's even though there's no Mises Bezim, it cannot be, you shouldn't look at it lightly. He says, the headset of Bayol Agoya is, is war, is, it, there's no, it, the headset is as bad, there's no similarity in regards to the headset in any of the other Arayas. Because if you come come upon a Yiddish erva, so what happens is your child's a mamzer, but he's still a yid. He says, but the child that you give birth to when you're married to a nachris, that's not even your child anymore. As it says in the Pasuk, when you remove your son from behind me, meaning is you're removing the son from being going after Hashem, because he's not a Yid anymore. So the Nituk, which happens by Boil Anachris, is much worse. is because you're literally separating your child away from Hashem. Even according to Pshut Shamikra, as Rashi explains, it says like this, on this Pasuk, Rashi says on the Pasuk, Yasir Spin Chamacha, right? Lamdanu, Sheben Bitcha Haba Minanachri Kuya Bincha, Ava Ben Bincha Haba Minanachri Enekari Bincha Elamino. Rashi tells us that this is teaching us that your grandchild, the son of your daughter that comes uh, from a guy, that's still called uh, that's still called your son. But your grandson from your son, meaning is that your son, if your son marries a shiksa, then it's not even called your son, it's called her daughter. So Pshute Shamikra is different than how the Ramam translates it. Because Ramam is tra- translating as Ki Yasser's bin Chamacharai, meaning is that you married a shiksa, the son that you have is not a yid. So Yasser's bin that your son that you had from this shiksa is not any, not, is turned away from Hashem because it's not a yid anymore. Rashi's learning a little bit differently. Rashi saying ki yasser spincha means your, your daughters. Your daughter married a guy, and then you had a son. So Rashi says that when your daughter marries a guy, the son is still called bincha, it's still your child, because the mother was a, a yid. But what's going to happen is, since the father's a guy, what's this child going to do? The child is going to go after the father's religion. And so the, this Yiddish akint, is basically going to turn away from Hashem and follow whatever the father's religion is. So we see again the the Chaimer Hadavar, because if you marry um if if the if it's the son marries a shiksa, then the child is not even a yid. And if it's the daughter that's marrying a goy, then the child is a yid. Right? That's the Pshuta Shemikra on the Pasik. But the problem is he's going to turn away from Hashem. There's going to be this nituk. So Bnei Chaimer Hadavar. And because of this great severity, the great harshness of this idea, and even more than that, Hashem knew eventually that was going to happen in the days of Ezra, that the Yidim would marry these non-Jewish women, therefore the Pasuk had to come with extremely strong warning right at the beginning, even before the command is given. And that's why Rashi, this answers one of the questions, why Rashi doesn't bring um, 
that that um, that Moshe saw, uh, Moshe saw that heard the people crying about this uh, about the um, avera of Arias that they weren't allowed to do any rice anymore. Why doesn't Rashi bring that? We asked the Tarskainim brought it. So the answer that we're giving is because regarding regular arayas, uh, you know, uh, uh, you're not allowed to marry an aunt, your aunt, for example. You don't have this Indian of Nituk. So even though there's Indian of Bechia, but that's not what Rashi's explaining. Rashi's trying to say is the reason why it says Lenatik is not because you might come to marry your aunt. No, the, that's not an Indian of Nituk. The reason why Hashem needs to come to say, Ani Hashem, is because of an Indian of Nituk. When do we see Indian of Nituk? That we saw in the days of Ezra. Marrying a shiksa, that's an Indian of Nituk. Marrying your aunt, that's not an Indian of Nituk. Therefore, Rashi doesn't bring that example. Because that won't explain why it says, again, Rashi's trying to explain why it says Ani Hashem. Why does it say Ani Hashem right at the beginning? So he's saying is because he has to give you this strong warning because the Chayim Yodavar, this horrible thing that might happen. And what's an example of that? Ezra. Boichlim Shvechaisiv is not an example because they weren't crying about the Indian of marrying the shiksa. They were crying about Bechlal not being able to marry any of the family members. I, at this point of time, in this parasha, doesn't even talk about the Isser of Be'ilas Nachris. So why would it say, I need Hashem to warn you about Be'ilas Nachris? It's not even in this parasha. Which is a very strong question. He says, Mekal Makan, V'acher, Shekan Maschil, L'sabah Sal Isser Reyes, Ha'kei Logam Averizu, he says, since over here we're beginning to command on the Isser of Arayas, which the Isser Arayas would be also this Avera of separating yourself from Hashem through the Be'ilav and Nachris. I, that particular detail is going to be much later. Uh, but nonetheless, since we're talking about a rice right at the beginning, we stress uh, about the Choymer Hadav right at the beginning of a rice. Because we're basically, right when we start, we're going to the most, we, we look at the strictest, like the worst outcome that could possibly be. That's why you need to be so careful. Meaning, the worst possible outcome that can happen by a rice is you can even have this Indian of Nituk. And that tells you that right at the beginning. So be careful. Right at the beginning, you have to be, a rice has to be completely off the table. You got to be marchik and distance yourself with gedarim and sayagim as much as possible. Because a person that goes and starts getting involved with the Indian of rice, soif kol soif, he can get even to this Indian of nituk. Hey, ulam It's not, but this shot, the second shot of Rashi, is not completely smooth. Uh, it has more issues even than the first child. That's why it's the second one. He says the issue is that we're saying that, that the reason why we're saying Ani Hashem, we said first of all because of the Chaymer Hadavar, and second of all because Hashem knew it's going to eventually happen in the days of Ezra. So he says we're giving a command now. And we're saying Ani Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to the Yidin. And he says Ani Hashem. And he's warning them. Why? Because eventually, in over a thousand years, they're going to have this issue with um, um, the, by the days of Ezra. It's hard to say that. Why? He's saying Ani Hashem because eventually you're going to have this issue. I, you're going to say, okay, it's because of the Chalalis. It's a very strict Avera because of Inyan of Nituk. Because we see by marrying a, a Nachris, you can have this complete Inyan of Nituk. But that's not even in our parsha. That's in parshas of Aschanan. So in parshas Achrim Mois, it says Ani Hashem. 
because in Parshas Veschanan you can have this union of Nituk, again, it's, it's hard to understand that Alpi Pshutta Shemikra. Therefore, Rashi brings the first Pshat as the main Pshat. Um, fine. Nonetheless, Rashi wants to give a little bit of a, a, an explanation, meaning is why would the Torah give you a warning and say Ani Hashem in order to warn you about something that's going to happen many, many years later. So Rashi bevorns that by using the name Rebbe. He says, Rebbe, see the Rikosas Mishnais. He says, Rebbe organized and wrote down the Mishnais. Even though you're not allowed to write Dvarm Shvapet, things which were about Pet, you're not allowed to write. But he was mocked for them to be written because it says in the Pulsic, that there's a time to do for Hashem in order to keep the Torah. There's a time that you do something for Hashem, meaning as your mefer, you nullify what the commandment Hashem gave us, which was not to write down the Torah, and the reason why you would do that is for Torah Sacha, in order that your Torah should be L'Hashem. And since it wasn't possible uh, for it not to be written, meaning is it had to be written, because the heart was becoming smaller and the Torah was being forgotten, therefore they nullified the words of Torah, which says not to write it down, the Shahat Srikha. Who said this pasuk was David Amalek? So Rebbe explains these words of referring to a period of time which is many, many, about almost a thousand years after David Amalek lived. So David Amalek said a pasuk about a situation which will happen a thousand years later. So we see that Rebbe has this idea that you can have a pasuk, the Torah sometimes will change, will, will will tell you something, um, even if it's not relevant for the time that it was set at, but it's going to be relevant for a much later period of time. Therefore, here also he's going with his shita that the pasik, the kvanas pasik, if it's for the Zman Ezra, that eventually they will be nituk barai, so therefore they come with the gzera, stressed with the words, and that they will, he's trustworthy to pay the schar.